Thank you for joining us today for Wandering in the Word, where we read and discuss the upcoming week's lectionary texts at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. everybody to Wandering in the Word for Sunday, February 26th, the very first Sunday in the season of Lent. So we're kind of starting a new thing. I know you'll hear and see more of our Lenten theme as we move into the season, but it is called Seeking Deeper, Deep Questions for an Honest Faith. No, an Honest honest Questions for a Deeper Faith. There, I got it. Something Um, like that. So each week there's a theme question that will kind of guide our reflections. And this first week, the question is, who will you listen to? Yes, and it's a fitting question with the two stories that we have from Scripture, right. which is where it came from. So, um, why don't we dive in? Let's do it. Um, who wants to read Matthew chapter 4? I got this one. Matthew right. 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor, and said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God, and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, this is a story we're pretty familiar with, I think. Yes, the temptation of of Christ. Um, Yeah, with with some maybe kind of familiar things that humans are tempted by, like (laughs) food and power and, I mean, just sort of status. Status, yeah, um, yeah. It is an interesting story. I mean, the the spirit is the one that leads Jesus into the wilderness to this point. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the the devil or the tempter or Satan kind of gets intermixed around. Uh, it, it's not one name the whole time through. It's those three different mm-hmm. descriptions. Actually, I think Satan is the only actual like name. The devil is more. Lowercase. Well, Lower Satan case. gets an uppercase, like it gets treated like a name, but that actually is a Hebrew word. Yeah. That comes from our Old Testament um, books, and it's it's not a name as it starts. A Hasatan. It's it's Hebrew for the adversary. Yeah. Um, and so, in the New Testament, somehow it takes on this sort of proper noun status, where it becomes uh, the name of uh, the devil, the tempter, yeah. the. Yeah, someone who's someone who's making life tough. Adversary, yes. Um, so interesting. I mean, it is definitely something we can relate to when we think about temptation. Um, you know, there's temptations of all, all kinds, um, and there's three. The three here is, 
you know, the food and there's, I don't know how you want to think about being tossed down from a tower. <laughs> Security maybe, or... Um, self-preservation. Self-preservation maybe. And then the third one is kind of like, which who, who would think that Satan or the devil has the authority to give <laughs> all of the world right. to Jesus? That seems kind like of Like it belongs weird. to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but all three times Jesus does what humans can't and <laughs> or struggle to do anyways and um, says no and yeah and then the devil left and suddenly angels came and waited on him Jesus what can we get you anything to eat or drink what do you think he ordered I don't know <laughs> cheeseburger <laughs> cheeseburger a steak <laughs> pizza oh. unless it was um, Lent you don't eat meat during Lent that's that is kidding. what we're doing for Lent no meat no Ooh. meat Lent how about Sundays that. Sundays are like small Easter's. They're I, not counted in the 40 days. We'll see if I need to make that argument come, <laughs> come the first weekend. You can fall back on that, that little bit, um, of, that little bit of grace. There wasn't actually a Lent when Jesus was no, around. To no, be clear, wasn't. that was kind of a joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it, it is an interesting story, I think. Um, I, the one that intrigues me the most is the kind of like the political power. Hmm. I think, especially in this, this day and age, there's just a lot of like intermixing of religion and politics, which in some ways has always been the case. Um, but that temptation to like kind of give up some values in order to gain political power hmm. is um, is a powerful draw. Yeah, I mean for sure. Even if you think you're like the ends justify the means kind of thing, um, uh, it it the church has sometimes fallen into that trap. For sure. Um, so. But with, a, with the question for this week, you know, whose voice yes. will you listen to? What I think is, is most interesting about how the tempter goes about tempting Jesus is that he continues to use scripture. Yeah. To, to make a point to Jesus like, this would be totally justified. The Bible says, like, mm -hmm. go ahead and go ahead and do this. And then Jesus has to come back uh, with different parts of scripture and say, but this is, this is the, the arc, this is the, the intention of God, you know, regardless of what that one verse says or whatever. But I just, we're so, we're so swayed every time someone is like, well, the Bible says, mm -hmm. and, and it does, the Bible can say pretty much anything you want yeah. it to say. <laughs> the church has used it <clears throat> to justify all kinds of terrible things like slavery. And yeah. so we just need to be really careful. Like, what voice are you listening to? Just because the words appear in scripture does not necessarily mean that that's the, the voice and the intention that needs to guide our path. We have to interpret that within the whole canon of scripture and, and discernment with prayer and the spirit and, and yeah. all of that. Yeah, I think that is a really good point. I mean, I, I'll be honest, when somebody comes up to me and says, the Bible clearly says <laughs> yeah. dot, dot, dot. I'm like, at my, my kind of pastor flags go up and go, okay, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. Like, um, and it is hard to, to have a conversation sometimes with folks who are so convinced that they have figured out the mm -hmm. proper interpretation exactly and won't be swayed, won't be mm -hmm. changed. Um, cause yeah, here the Satan, Satan is doing that. He's pulling kind of selective, as we would say, proof texting or uh, cherry picking some, uh, yeah. select words and saying, well, here, Jesus, like clearly the, the word of God says this, and Jesus says, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it is important. I mean, interpretation matters, or theology matters, and it, 
influences lots of things how we how we read scripture how we treat people and those kinds of things so yeah and i think um as as lutherans we look to this um i don't know a pretty wise guy named martin luther who who had a great passion for scripture and thought it was so important in guiding people's lives that he translated it into the language of the people and yet there was this sort of um caveat i guess that came along with it that the the word of god which is holy scripture is like the manger of the christ child and that when we bow down to worship jesus we make sure we're not worshiping the manger the wood you know that that the the exact words of god um this i think it's a psalm that that satan's um quoting here is like that's not necessarily god that's not the heart of god necessarily um but how do we kind of keep that distinction? I think it's always a yeah. challenge for us. It is. I mean, because, you know, we, as Lutherans, we also talk about kind of the threefold, I think, word of God. I mean, there's scripture, there's the proclaimed word, and then there's Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is the, the word made flesh. Jesus is the capital W <laughs> word yeah. of God. Yeah. Um, so even when we say the word of God, um, it gives us pause. And even like in the in scripture, when it talks about the word of God, like in the New Testament, like there wasn't a Bible in the New Testament. There were some Old Testament prophets and writings that um, were used, but like there wasn't a Bible as we know it when the New Testament was being written. So, you know, it, it's just worth remembering that, you know, noting that when we talk about the word of God, it's... It's big. It is. It is ultimately yeah. what leads us to Christ. I think mm-hmm. so. So, what voice will you listen to? What voice will we listen? To? Well, here's another voice in Scripture from um, a reading in Genesis. Melissa, do you want to read that for us? Yes, I do. Genesis uh, chapter two, verses fifteen through seventeen, and chapter three, verses one to seven. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man. You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in it, the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food uh, and that, whoa, (laughs) So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Well... It's a story that's so familiar that I think um, we get really comfortable with it and haven't really realized over time like what what details we've ascribed to the story that aren't even necessarily yeah. in there and what we have sort of glossed over that like really is in there. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the most interesting parts of all, all of this Genesis um, creation fall story, if that's what you uh, 
yeah. I refer to this. Um, so it's really interesting to just take a, a closer look. It is kind of cool to, to read. So I mean, it, it, a lot of times we call this the second creation story because the first chapter of Genesis is the, the first day, the second day God created and saw that it was good. And then we kind of have a whole different kind of narrative shift to, to this part of the story where I think it skips um, Adam getting to name all the animals and, and then, you know. <laughs> we only get three verses from chapter two. Yeah, And we then we're moving much. on to chapter three, which is different again. But. Yeah. Um, and so, we, yeah, we've got um, a, a serpent who's the trickster um, coming and convincing Eve to eat one of these forbidden fruits and the then fruit. the forbidden fruit. And she does <laughs> and she gets Adam to do it. And, um, and then they realize they're naked. <laughs> No, Which is, I hate when that happens. I know. <laughs> well, so this is interesting. So if anybody watched the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago, there was that Super Bowl commercial um, for avocados. And I thought it was so interesting. Um, I need to go back and rewatch it again. But like the basic, it was this story. Adam and Eve are in the garden and she doesn't eat the fruit. And so then the story, and it's something to do with avocados are mixed in there then. And so then they fast forward to modern times and everyone's naked. And so like all of the, it's, a, it's funny, you know, all the, fashion shows everyone's naked and um, it's kind of all these things but you know what would happen if if there we didn't realize we hadn't eaten the fruit and we we didn't care about being naked which is funny but the fact that they showed they spent 20 million dollars on a biblical referenced um super bowl ad assuming that we would all know some semblance of this story and i think a, a lot of people did we got the basic gist of it anyways um, I thought that was kind of interesting. That um, definitely took some artistic, creative license with the story. <laughs> but um, yeah. you know, who do we listen to again? Mm. Here is it God's God's voice, or do we listen to the the tricky serpent? I think the lesson is just don't listen to talking animals. <laughs> probably a step one. I could keep that rule. Yeah, uh, you know, if a snake comes up to you and starts talking, or serpent. You know, maybe check yourself, see if anybody else hears the voice, um, those kinds of things. Um, what I thought, think is interesting is that um, in verse 16, the Lord God commanded the man. Yeah. Because the woman wasn't there. So whatever commands she knows from God have come, I guess, secondhand oh. through yeah. Adam. Um, so I don't, I don't know if that makes a difference, but it's interesting to, to think about. And then um, the, the fact that they were both there as the serpent was speaking and and saying all of these raising all of these questions is this yeah. really what god said you know um adam was standing right there so as his defense right. later in the story is like well I, the woman told yeah. me to I, yeah. I, I, kind of... like he 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 was right there he could have stepped mm-hmm. in at any point and been like nah you've let's go let's go grab a banana instead it's not yeah. worth it. <laughs> um and the, i mean the fact that what the serpent says is not, it's not untrue. It might not be the whole truth, but there's not really anything that the serpent brings up that's not not true. Um, even when he says to the woman, you will not die if you eat this, which is what God had said, the day that you eat of it, you shall die. And yeah. then the question is what kind of death? Mm-hmm. A death of the relationship, absolutely. Other kinds of death, so true, but they didn't die. I mean, yeah, it it's a like reality. They didn't poison. just keel over. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> like in Snow White or something. Um, and so that's that's the other tricky part of like, who will you listen to 
is that there there's going to be half truths and partial truths that sound so appealing, so reasonable, and those I think are the hardest to turn our attention from, um, to to go after and listen to what is actually fully eternally true. Yeah, and, and that, that that is kind of part of the hard part of being a Christian and or being a human. Really, is like you know what what is true? What do I do? How do, who do I listen to the most? Um, whose voice of God, you know, is uh, do we listen to? Like in the New Testament story, where Satan is quoting scripture, mm-hmm. is quoting quoting the prophets and things. Like who do we listen to? Um, and that's hard. I mean, that's yeah. a hard. Um, I mean, I, I think one way I've heard it say is you know something to the effect of like you know what which is the the path of love, which is the way of love. And even that doesn't answer all of the questions, but it does kind of, I think, is one way of framing some ethical... That's a good guiding principle, guiding principle for we who worship a God who is love. love. Right, exactly. And that is, that is I think, how it becomes helpful. Is, is this the way of love? Does it help my neighbor? Um, yeah. It does not solve all the answers, or give all the answers, but it, it can be a way to help. But it... Who do we listen to? I mean, I think of you know all of the the voices and the and, uh, how often we even like to sit in silence, which hmm. is not very often. No. Um, you know how do how do we hear that still quiet voice? How do we know what God's voice sounds like? I don't know. Melissa, you were away in California. Did you hear God's voice in the midst of uh, Did your? Did you eat any avocados? Um, yeah, we had some really good uh, hand-smashed guacamole at okay. the Mexican restaurant. So. That's only slightly related to this, but I thought <laughs> I'd share. Yeah, avocado, it tied in. Hmm. I think, um, I just, I love this story so much, and we just get like a little snippet. So get into your Bible, read the rest of Genesis 2 and 3, um, because <clears throat> it, it does, I mean, once you start to think about it, we were just talking about this too, like, uh, if one of the serpent's punishments was that it would have to start moving on its belly, like what kind of mode of transportation was it using up until this point? And then we started thinking uh, more about other kinds of creatures like iguanas, iguanas. And yeah. Komodo dragons, all manner of things, <laughs> and then how iguanas fall out of trees when it gets cold, and it's very cold <laughs> here this week. It is. Um, and it's cold everywhere. It's kind yeah. of sweeping across the country right now. So but... Watch out for falling iguanas. But... Um, It's just, this is such an opportunity for rich imagination about what this, what this experience was like and and how God has been speaking to us through it for millennia, basically. Yeah, yeah. And the the question of who are you going to listen to is, yeah, nothing, nothing new. Right. We join in a long line of saints who have struggled and wrestled with who do we listen to and how do we proceed forward and, um... Yeah, not alone. So, but I think it is worth you know as as you get ready for Sunday to consider who it is we listen to. What what do you have on in the background? What do you have on the TV or the internet? What are you reading? Um, are they guiding you to ways of love, or are they guiding us to ways of kind of fear and and pointing at others and things like that? Yeah, I think, that is... I think another another question is like who are you hanging out with? Yeah, what peers are you choosing to spend your time with and kind of throw your lot in with? And that's. Um, that's another set of uh, voices that can be highly influential yes, in our lives. So. For sure, 
for sure. But we're glad that you came and listened to us oh, today. Oh, good time. <laughs> That's um, jo good. Joined us for our wandering in the Word today uh, for Sunday, February 26, 2023. Um, we look forward to a journey through Lent and uh, uh, wandering in the Word with these questions and um, having you join us. So um, for Melissa, Pastor Brandy, and myself, um, we'll talk to you again soon and have a good day. Bye. Thank you for joining us today for another Wandering in the Word podcast here at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. 